Pleasant Valley High School, this is Amaya and Jocelyn. Today we are joined by our amazing guest host, Kira. Hello! Let's get started. This episode is all about a teacher with a background at PV. We're sitting in our classroom in the tower right now, and it's pretty early in the morning, so we're all just sipping on some tea and waking ourselves up. I'm Mrs. Jorgensen. I teach honors English 10 at Pleasant Valley High School. I also currently teach English 11, and I've been teaching at PV for four years, and this is my ninth year. And final year of teaching. <laughs> well, we have three rapid-fire questions to okay. start with. The first one is cats or dogs? Cats, for sure. Tea or coffee? Tea. No coffee, ever. Okay, do you say crayon or crayon? Crayon. This is a one-syllable word. What? <laughs> I think no, the wrong answer <laughs> It's time for the real questions. What is something you would never tell your students? Like, for example, do you have a secret hobby? Um, ooh, something I would never normally tell my students. Yes. Yeah. You can tell us though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I met my husband at a CD college party. We have always told my parents that it was a birthday party. Because <laughs> somebody did have a birthday who was there. Right. So that makes okay. it a birthday party. I, like, why high school English? I started teaching middle school English because I love young adult books. And I found that the students were too dumb. Like, they <laughs> could be super enthusiastic but couldn't handle the super in-depth and, like, thematic conversations that you could have with higher grade levels and I probably like if I could just do this for no money with no responsibilities etc etc I would probably love to teach either seniors or actually college where you can just have super insightful critical thinking conversations but I, that's part of why I love teaching honors so much because you guys have such good insights things that I have not thought about before and um, it doesn't always feel like that for middle school. Do you think your high school experience here at PV was better than ours is? I think my high school experience was much simpler than yours was. I feel like I did not have the burden of as many responsibilities as your generation did. Uh, we had social media, but not personal handheld devices. So like you had to go to your desktop at home to scroll through Facebook and you only got 15 minutes before your dad kicked you off so he could check the sports scores. So it was a simpler time. Uh, I really enjoyed my high school experience though. So like I would never say like, oh, high school is so much better now. But I think that I had less to juggle and consider with my high school career as opposed to current high schoolers. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Lavora as a teacher or Lavora as a student? 
as a coworker. Sorry, co-worker. Okay. Lavora as a coworker. Uh, I think I fangirl on her so hard, and I know that she is the best teacher in the world, but <laughs> she has created such a personal relationship with me because of that and like the way that she was so willing to be my friend even though she had been my teacher beforehand is just so flattering (laughs) and uh we have built a really good friendship uh and mentorship like she's taught me so many things still like so I still feel like I'm halfway her student even though we are co-teachers now or colleagues now do you feel like you still like have like that same relationship as teacher and student like at times? Yeah, she knows so much. She is still I consider her like an expert in our field or whatever. So if there I have a question or if I'm worried about doing something, I will still constantly go to her with questions. And she's so willing to step into that role, but then we also like gossip and <laughs> like know each other's personal lives and stuff like that and so it's even better to be able to do that that's not something that you always get with a teacher so there's usually a boundary for most teachers <laughs> what was your favorite class in high school or college my favorite class was always my english classes i was really really lucky especially in here at pv all of the honors track teachers were veteran teachers had been teaching for I think Ms. Lavora was the youngest teacher and she'd already been teaching for 15 years and so uh, the fact that I had like such end of career teachers who knew how to do everything knew the game like just were so so good and loved their job so much I had such a good experience with English in high school so it made learning it in college kind of a no-brainer was there any, like, specific teacher that you really liked? Uh, if you ask anyone from my, like, generation from PV, they will tell you about a woman named Kate Stangler. They called her the Strangler. She <laughs> was terrifying. She has Dr. Lundberg's job. She was the AP Lang teacher. Uh, I got, like, my lowest grade of all of high school in her class, and I don't care. Like, she <laughs> was the wittiest sharpest most insightful teacher she taught so many good things it was like very well known that especially if you weren't going into like an english major that you needed to take her class because you were going to be like such a good writer because of it but uh, i also really really liked uh mr larue was the ap lit teacher and he again was just so learned and like had read every single book in the entire world it felt like so uh, that was really fun to learn from him, too. So the fact that, like, LaFora doesn't even crack my top two teachers. Because, <laughs> like, if you see me around those two teachers, like, I am <laughs> starstruck still. Have you had any mentors in your life that have really inspired you, which you, like, said? But, like, it doesn't have to be teachers. Hmm. Well, I think just because of my capacity, a lot of my mentors have been Mm-hmm. teachers um and I've had I've been really lucky that I've had three different teaching jobs or like at three different schools and every time I've had a teacher who is very willing to teach me things as a teacher and where I can come to them with questions or complaints or they're willing to share how they do things or even just encourage me to try new things and I think that's really important for any type of job I also, my, my parents still live in the area, and so I'm still constantly around all of their friends. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun to kind of 
grow up with my parents' friends as adults or kind of have relationships with those parents, like, not as the kid anymore. For example, uh, Zach Miller's mom is Mr. Miller's mom, and I have uh, done a few volunteer things together, so (laughs) we're tight, even though she uh, walks with my mom every morning kind of a thing. So we have some interesting adult relationships out in the community, too. Do you have a teaching philosophy? I think the more passionate you are about what you're teaching and willing to show like how nerdily obsessed you are, the more buy-in you can usually get from a student. And I know that's to, to be true for me personally because I can usually get kids really invested into a story because I am way more invested into the reading part but uh, the writing part doesn't always uh, capture <laughs> my fancy as much. And I think that is sort of reflected in like how the class runs, where there are teachers in this building who just absolutely adore the writing process, love feedback. And like Ms. Berger is one where she just loves, 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 loves writing. And so that passion, like usually that's reflected in like how well her students do because her passion bleeds into everything that she does for it. So you gotta care about what you're teaching. And you gotta care about who you're teaching to, I guess, <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> I remember going into the Shakespeare unit, you were very excited, and it made me very excited. Like, the fact, we normally do it in the fall, so I feel like I've been like saving yeah. this thing all year. And so when the dam finally broke, I was like, this is gonna be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us a summary of your campaign for principal? So here's the thing. Could I go back to grad school, get an administrative degree in order to become a legitimate principal of a school? Absolutely, I could. The sky's the limit. I don't want to do that. (laughs) This is a very difficult job being a principal. Uh, or any administrative level you have to do some of the worst parts that like teachers don't like to deal with like parents or controversies you don't just get to like kind of shut the door and let people deal with it that being said when donald trump made a comment that administrators should be elected officials she's talking about a statement in a video posted on twitter january 26 2023 in which donald trump promised to quote implement the direct election of school principals by the parents. I thought this is my moment and I can capitalize on the popularity aspect, Mm -hmm. making Mm -hmm. outrageous campaign promises in order to garner such a successful position. I would rather be a incompetent elected official in this capacity than getting the job done correctly. So, did you need to hear some of my campaign promises? Okay. Um, The first order of business, easy, is to get rid of the no left turn sign out here in Mm -hmm. the parking lot because everybody turns left anyways. (laughs) So, like, let's stop pretending that that is a traffic violation. We've all even seen Deputy Fa doing it at this point, right? Also, uh, we will be building a skywalk to go from the second floor main building to third floor tower in order to decongest the tower access on first floor because sometimes you know you have to go down to go up ridiculous someone said that they wanted it to look like hamster tubes (laughs) and i'm all for that 
Okay. Personally, we'll, we'll get an architect to figure it out. Oh, what are some other ones? Oh, uh, I'm a big fan of fire safety drills. Mm. So we would oh, have yeah. to increase those. Uh, tornado drills as well. Yeah. Um, anything to, you know, just disrupt the status quo every once in a while. <laughs> I'm also a really weirdly, like, huge fan of assemblies. <laughs> and so I have a couple of ideas for, like, long-form assemblies, kind of like Hunger Games or, like, Survivor style, where, like, you vote people off the island kind of a thing but you kind of like regroup to the same thing Mm -hmm. but we all love a good competition game and so uh, if we kind of extend that throughout the year think of how that could bring us together yeah and uh oh nap mandatory naps open Mm -hmm. campus you know some basic stuff as well uh english teachers get one more prep so they have one less class to teach Mm -hmm. more grading time during this day you know your basic stuff sounds very thought through yeah thank you thank you (laughs) again i don't want to have to think through it very well because that would require a degree in administrative education systems or you can just get a big conk and blow it and then everybody oh Oh my gosh yeah yeah, i was like i have the conk i'm in charge (laughs) but then i have to make sure i don't get pushed off a cliff if you couldn't teach English, what would be your second choice? Like, what other subjects? Uh, I would probably teach history. I consider getting a history minor in college, and then I realized that that doesn't, like, help me get a job better. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make me more marketable, because those are two of the most saturated jobs when I was in school. But I love the historical context of writing and stories. I usually try to teach some of that whenever we're learning a book and a lot of the history classes that I took in college used literature in order to kind of root like here's what the time period was happening in and that kind of a thing so I've I've always kind of seen those as hand in hand with a lot of things so I I wouldn't stray too far away probably from what I'm already doing yeah what is the best desk layout Ooh, I love pods probably the most when you have a class that can handle it because sometimes you get those classes where the only good way to seat the children is if they are spaced away from everyone else (laughs) (laughs) but especially towards the end of the year um, anything that can group people together for conversation is great also one of my favorite ones was when i put you guys in the big square mm. at the beginning of the semester you guys were in it for like to kill a mockingbird uh, yeah when but everyone hated it because they felt really squished and we weren't <laughs> utilizing the middle of the room but yeah. we could see everyone so well we had really really good in-class conversations with that structure but everyone else hated it so i can't <laughs> do it again you could just take like six desks and put them in the middle so everyone's yeah. looking at those the, look at those six people be like you are in the hot seats today (laughs) also do you regret any seating charts specifically there have been people where i didn't know they were friends like maybe because i usually start the year with like an alphabetical order and then the next one is randomized and like the minute you see two kids like eyes light up and make eye contact you're like oh no we have made a mistake (laughs) so use seating charts as like that like kind of classroom management keep it contained structure There are some people who can be trusted together that are friends, and then there are some people who are agents of chaos that exponentially grow as Mm -hmm. they are closer in proximity to their (laughs) person, so. Which grade level is the best? I really do think sophomores are the best. I have thoroughly enjoyed teaching sophomores these last four years. 
juniors tend to be too stressed because it like really matters. Like they're like, oh no, it matters now. Seniors yeah. are like, it doesn't, nothing matters. <laughs> and freshmen are like, what's going on? So I've heard that the hardest to teach is either first semester freshmen or last semester seniors. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, getting smack in the middle of that with sophomores and juniors has been nice. Do you have a favorite pun or joke? Not really. I um, have a really bad memory for jokes, um. and that's why I can be so easily amused is because I'm like, oh, I forgot that one existed. <laughs> People can really hit me with a solid joke. Like, if I hear, like, the talking muffin joke, like, once every two years, and I'll laugh for way too long. Or my mom has one about a turtle that is not funny, but, like, I will laugh because I forgot about it. So I really enjoy repeat jokes if it's been long enough in between oh, my son is also starting to tell jokes but he doesn't get how punchlines work and stuff like that yet because he's only four and so that's been really amusing to try and see him like try to figure out knock knock jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the same joke every single day for okay. the next like it's just like see if i can remember yeah. it and yeah. see what the reaction is mm -hmm. yeah. is there a best car toad that's like been towed outside your window. Oh, well, the one who that has, like, the really, really big American flag, that one had the best reaction because uh, people were posting about it mm -hmm. in real time, and then mm -hmm. he ran out to try and stop it from being towed. And I do not know who this student is, but we all got to watch this reaction of, like, ha more and more people having to get involved of whether or not the truck should be towed or not. So I love a scene. I love, you know, again, anything that disrupts the normal humdrum style of high school life has got it in my book. Do you have advice for your students? My advice for students is to find something that you care deeply about and let that fill you up without having to care about everything. I think so much when you try to be an active citizen in the world and when you're trying to like be a change maker and all that stuff, you can start to feel overwhelmed by everything that needs to be changed or everything that feels wrong in the world. And that can just sort of feed into a little bit of like helplessness and hopelessness. But we get filled up by what we care about and so if we can focus on that one thing or two things that really kind of project us forward that can lead to a happy and fulfilling life without being overwhelmed by all of it so i know we read a lot of like classics like to kill a mockingbird and animal farm and lord of the flies but if you could have a unit that was like because those are all kind of old books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if we could read, like, The Hunger Games and, like, discuss that. Because there is, like, a lot of stuff behind that also. Sure. Um, um, in, like, when I taught middle school, I taught a dystopia unit. And it was Ooh. one of my favorites to do. It was, like, one that I designed from scratch. And we did lit circles mm -hmm. with The Hunger Games, The Giver, Divergent, and uh, this book called Legend. That was another kind of similar dystopia book. But we, again, kind of my history minor-ish thing, we used a, it's called the Persia model, but it was something that helps you identify all of the major contributors to a society. Mm -hmm. So like their political structure, their economic structure, their religious structure, social structure, intellectual structure, and area and geography. And so they had to analyze their books 
from that entire structure. So like, what is the political system of the Hunger Games? How does it work? Like, how does divergence, you know, different faction system work and contribute to their society? And so they were analyzing it as it was like an actual functioning society rather than trying to understand every aspect or like theme of the story necessarily, because then they created their own dystopia. They uh, kind of shared out, well, all of these have totalitarian structure, like authoritarian ruler, and kind of finding what are the key factors that create that dystopia structure. And then they created their own and it was cute and delightful because they were seventh graders. But I remember this like pirate archipelago one that was very interesting, like the world had flooded and so we were only a system of islands. And yeah, it was really, really, really cool. But if I were doing a high school, um, there are some just like contemporary books out there that would be really interesting to do something similar to to be like like here is this modern book that's super interesting but like look at it's been done before like look how homer did this thing or look how shakespeare did this thing and so to kind of see like how we build stories off of each other would be a really interesting unit some people say like those books are getting too old to be like taught anymore and, like mm-hmm. some things aren't relevant um and there's like newer versions that still have like those same lessons um like do you think it's still important that people are taught like the classics i do think that the classics are important because then you can see where those ideas are stemming from and coming from to ignore how our language and our storytelling ability and and what we care about as hum- like a human race has evolved over time, if you ignore everything that came before, you're not getting the depth of understanding. But I think having that range of here is, if we go all the way back to, you know, one of our earliest texts of certain books of the Bible and the, the kind of those ancient, usually they're religious texts, to things that are like early contemporary, like Shakespeare, up until like, God, watch a TV series together to see how many allusions and like references there are to things that keep going back and back and back. That that would be my ideal range to be like, let's look all the way back and then let's look all the way to something that is brand spanking new to see how that still works as literature. We have uh, two closing questions. Oh, and man. then we'll give you one controversial question. Yeah. Okay. What is the worst part of your job? The worst part of my job, um, I think the easy answer is grading and feedback. It's just hard. It's hard to be able to have the time to do that, especially as an English teacher. Um, Everyone deserves to have super in-depth comments and really quick feedback on things like writing and comprehension and stuff like that. And it's almost impossible because I have over 140 students. So that's like one of the most day-to-day hardest jobs. The other thing that's really hard is the decline in respect that has been happening on like a macro scale for teachers and kind of seeing them as people who are against students rather than for students. I, I don't love all my students, but I'm not actively trying to destroy any of my students. I really do plan to make all my students better in some way if they choose to engage with the class so yeah those are the two what is the best part of your job man these some of these kids are great you guys (laughs) (laughs) when I have a class that has good chemistry 
when we can switch from having a super in-depth and meaningful conversation to a conversation that's full of delightful idiocy, that is the best that really fills me up. And so um, I've been really, really lucky this year to have some of the best classes, which is like bittersweet because I had already chosen to leave. Uh, But when you get a really, really, really great group of kids, it, it makes the day go so fast, so. For the last question. Have you seen this picture before? I have. <laughs> this this dress has destroyed relationships. <laughs> if you somehow have not yet seen the image of the dress, the most infamous piece of clothing on the internet, now is your chance to look it up. So this is clearly a black and blue dress. Yeah, it's, it's black and blue. It's, it is a black and blue dress. Mm, okay. Uh, it has a... It was taken in such poor quality lighting mm-hmm. that some people confuse it to be white and gold. But one, it has been confirmed that this dress is in fact blue and black. Okay. And also like people had to like go back, find the dress and they're like, yo, here it is. <laughs> um, so I feel, you know, vindicated in that I'm like actually right. But yeah. then also it does mm-hmm. look blue and black. Uh, yeah. My husband says that it's white and gold and we did have a very, very intense <laughs> conversation about that. <laughs> This concludes our questions. What a treat. I'm so delighted that you came to speak with me. Thank you for actually letting us. Oh, of course. (laughs) Always happy to overshare. Special thanks to Mrs. Jorgensen for her time. Thank you, Kira, for waking up early to get Starbucks for this special occasion. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to be back soon on another Tuesday with another fun interview. Our team is composed of Amaya and me, Jocelyn. We do our own recording, editing, and uploading. Find us on Spotify and various other places like the student directory. Jamea signing out. Mm-hmm.